0: It was unusually warmer winter season in Ukraine last February, for seafarers it was considered a fine weather to sail. But when Russian troops marched into Kiev, hundreds of commercial ships moored in the ports could no longer leave the southern ports in Ukraine. One of these ships was MTM Rio Grande, which just arrived in Nikatera in Kalev, south of Ukraine, 7 hours before the Russian invasion. I'm Dennis Estopase of Business Mirror and welcome to the Broderlook Podcast. Good day. The Business Mirror Foreign Affairs Senior Special Correspondent Maluta Losig Bartolome spoke with the Captain of MTM Rio Grande, Jason Oclares, and the President of the Manning Agency, Jose Remo Librodo. Let's listen to their conversation. What happened to the 22 crew of MTM Rio Grande, all Filipinos, and caught in the middle of the biggest war in Europe since World War II. Let's ask Captain Jason here what happened, what happened during uh, those days that we were in Ukraine. <laughs> um, Captain, how are
1: you? Uh, fine. Now it's very uh, delighted to be here and to share to you uh, what happened in Ukraine when we were there. So we, uh, we arrived in Ukraine on the 24th of February, early morning, around 2 o'clock in the morning. Then uh, so as soon as we averted the uh, Nikola teleport, uh, I went to sleep, take a rest. Then uh, about nine o'clock in the morning, my chief officer woke me up and uh, he said mm. that the Russians started already bombing a place uh, that we can see the smoke from our vessel. So, that was the first uh, indication that the war already started uh, in Ukraine. Yeah,
0: so that was the first day of Russian invasion. right? Yes. We just arrived in
1: Ukraine. Yeah, we were there at the <laughs> very exactly, start. Exactly. In Nikatera Port, Nikolai, uh-huh. uh, that's inside the river. That's
0: in the Black Sea.
1: Uh, no, Black Sea is a little bit far off. Uh, AP will be uh, the Black sea is near Odessa. Mm-hmm. And, but we need to go inside the river and transiting the river will take you around six hours. So that's how far Nikolai is. Yeah, we initiated the emergency procedures and uh, the, ins- the instructions given to me by the company is to report Uh, Every six hours, Uh, the situation uh, on the vessel and uh, the morale of the crew, and how much provisions and fresh water do we have. So, at that time, we're very lacking of the provisions and water because the water only we will, I think, we only last for 13 days. Uh, The provisions uh, we can manage to uh, have it for 30 days. So, MTM Singapore told us to look for suppliers. But the problem uh, during that time, suppliers will not take uh, anything less than cash. Because uh, all the banks were closed, money transfers are suspended, and uh, martial law was already declared in uh, Ukraine. So, that was so our problem.
0: did you problems.
1: get your supplies? Uh, we had a little bit of money left. So I was only able to uh, acquire 100 kilo of rice and 100 uh, tons of fresh water, and the provisions uh, will last for 30- 60 days. So that's our limit.
0: By the way, you uh, looking for provisions specifically rice because most of your crew or all of your crew are Filipinos that right? is correct you know <laughs> rice right, eating right? uh, people yeah okay. so no rice no power <laughs> okay and
1: then yeah so uh, during the the first onset of the war uh, we can hear uh, we can see the blast actually from the vessel mm-hmm. of these missiles being fired by the Russians and it will take around 13 seconds before we can hear the sound, so meaning the, it's far, far away from the vessel now. When the war progresses, the blast and the sound uh, is almost the same duration, so the war is getting closer. And only when this Bangladeshi vessel was uh, fired by the Russians, uh, uh, allegedly Russians, I don't know if it's Russians or Ukrainians, though, but uh, when this Bangladeshi vessel was fired upon uh, that's the turning point, I mean, that, that, uh, that's the re- realization that the, there's really a war near us. Because so the, the
0: Bangladeshi ship was docked near you as it, well. It is
1: anchored uh, one mile from my location.
0: No, Yeah, too close. (laughs) Too close for comfort. Tell us about the morale of the crew during the time that there were bombings
1: left and right. The uh, crew, when the Bangladeshi vessel was bombed, they become uh, uh, more afraid. Because uh, everybody realized that it's there in front of us. Actually, I know that the war is the war is there but I'm not really I'm not particularly particularly concerned with the war itself I was more uh, my te- my attention is more on the morale of the crew uh, because as you, you know different people handle stress differently uh, even my father told me every time I am trying to call him uh, on messenger uh, it seems like you're not inside a war uh, my father always uh, keep telling me that. Uh, because I want to project to my crew that I can handle the situation. That's one of the responsibility of being a captain. Uh, I don't want to spread fear amongst the crew. But uh, I cannot help other crew to be afraid because uh, that's a normal reaction. Actually, there are only three crew that I'm very particular with. So, okay. Uh, okay. they were the ones who uh, tried to. How do you call it? Spread? I think that's the right term. Is it the right term? Spread the fear? Uh, <laughs>
0: Something
1: okay. like that. Yeah.
2: You know, mm-hmm. once
1: you get to talking with other clues that are outplayed, then somehow. Get influence. Yeah, get now. So, I, my attention was on them. Uh, and telling them that uh, I even told them that you can talk to anybody you want. You can tell the embassy because that that's your right. Uh, I cannot force them to stop talking to anybody. But the uh, the only thing that I told them is that uh, just tell the truth, you know. Uh, don't exaggerate things that are not really there. For example, I had received this Twitter coming from. Chrissy telling them. Uh, crazy is telling everybody that we are all, all fearing for our lives, which is not the case because during the time the wars, uh, the bombing is still too far.
0: So Chrissy is mem- one of your crew members, or I, is he one of the relatives
1: of your... Crew? I really don't have any idea because uh, I don't know Chrissy. and uh, okay. it was just a tweet that came. I think it was. Uh, broadcasted in GMA. So that's the, the fear that I have if the relatives started to react negatively on any reports coming from the vessel. I just told them, just tell them what uh, the real situation is.
0: To allay the anxiety of crew members, the captain held entertaining activities like raffling off the chocolates and other goods in the pantry they were appeased somehow
1: actually we had we, all, we all always have a meeting uh, every now and then and uh, during that meeting I I asked my crew that in an event of an emergency I need to know that you can do your responsibility then all of a sudden one one crew uh Raise his voice and tell me that uh, it's uh, in Tagalog, takot na ba Are you threatening? Tra- uh, it's telling me that, uh, am I threatening them? You know, I'm not threatening you. What I'm, what I'm saying to you is, it's part of our contract. You know, if you were not able to do your responsibility in an event of emergency. And when the captain told you to do this and you cannot follow, that is tantamount to insubordination. Captain has the commanding overall authority. So in any kind of emergency, I have the- I have any the, kind of emergency. In any kind of emergency, I have the overall commanding authority. And uh, I designate responsibilities to my crew. Like in our case, I have the emergency squad. Emergency squad. I have the support squad and I have the technical squad. So all of those squads uh, take instructions from me. So when I told them to do some uh, particular instructions, I need to know that they can follow and they can uh, do it. Otherwise, tell me now, I told them, tell me now if you cannot uh, follow, if you cannot carry out your responsibility. So each one of them I asked and, uh, the one of the guys that I'm monitoring said, Wala na Wala magagawa. So it's there already. I cannot do anything about it. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the guy that uh, I'm also monitoring, uh, He said, Yes, But very reluctant to say it. So yes, uh, I can see in his eyes, He's doubting. And uh, the other guy uh, told me that no, he cannot. What was the worst case scenario then? Why were they so afraid that the Russians
0: perhaps would overtake
1: the port? The right. Actually, I was able to talk to the port facility security officer. He is a local Ukrainian guy. Uh, he said, according to him, the the city of Nikolaev is pro-Russians so they are much willing to uh, so, uh, to welcome uh, to welcome the Russians when the Russians will uh, will be there no? so they are not afraid or they are, they don't foresee the Russians to do a lot of damage in Nikolaev uh, so that's what I told my crew that uh, actually when we were there the place is already occupied by the Russians, and, uh, meaning the worst has come to pass. So that's the time that the company... Uh, all the, actually, we have already plans for evacuation, but uh, there is no other vessel that did that. So we don't have any test trials or anything. No, we don't have anything that uh, to go with so that was cancelled but when the uh, one vessel in front of us that trf miami they are all indian crews Uh, i was talking to the captain there captain lajeev and he told me that we will be repatriated by the embassy uh, today so i told him good luck keep safe and let me know what's the situation Uh, Along the road I need to find out first If it's safe for my crew to disembark Because uh, from what I am hearing uh, There are still A lot of uh, sporadic Firefighting going on Especially close to us and Near Nikolaev city There is one bridge That connects uh, Nikolaev To the mainland And uh, that is the Hotspot during that war so when Captain Najib told me that after you pass the bleach, it's all clear I passed that information to my company and my company uh, told us that okay we can go ahead with our equation because we uh, we already have a test subject that we can uh, follow.
0: In Manila, the staff of the manning agency of the crew, the Next Wave Maritime Management Incorporated, was burning lines 24-7. Aside from talking with the ship captain, they also called the Singapore Head Office of MTM Ship Management, the Ukrainian local agents who are coordinating with the port authorities in Nicatera, and the Philippine Embassy in Budapest. The president of Next Wave Maritime, Captain Jose Remo Librodo, said they even heard a secret theme. To extract the Filipino seafarers out of the Nicar port. So, was it hard? Was it hard for the company? Uh,
2: it is very to leave, hard to make that, to, that uh, uh, to make that important decision because we will be leaving a 50 million US dollars chemical tanker vessel mm-hmm. without seafarers. Normally, uh, seafarers do not abandon their vessel. Right. That is uh, the unwritten dictum of the seafaring industry. But we have no choice because the company had decided that uh, the most important thing now is to uh, get our separators from the port and bring them safely back home to the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So we have to make a drastic and immediate decision to do that. We have contracted. We have contacted a lot of agencies, a lot of uh, security agencies that can that could help us and assist us in the extraction of our superintendents from Nikatera Port. So one of our superintendents was able to uh, get in contact with Crisis Twenty Four, and this Crisis Twenty Four is a specialized company in extracting people from high risk areas. So they charge us with about a lot of money, you know. Uh, firstly they charge we require them to shoot to us a risk assessment in order for us to decide what is best to do. So out for the risk assessment alone we spent six thousand US dollars and then, when we deem that risk assessment is okay and acceptable to us, we require them to present to us the plan of the extraction. And uh, for the extraction of our safe errors, they require us to pay 15,000 US dollars for each safe error. Yeah, And this amount of money has to be Paid to them in advance. In full? Yeah, in full. Wow. Which means successful or not successful, the amount should be paid mm-hmm. immediately. Right, yeah. right.
0: That's also a lot
2: of risk on the part of the company. Correct. Uh, but of course, during the, when they presented to us the plan, there are some uh, dangerous areas that should be considered. And we call it the Choke points. Mm-hmm.
0: On March 8, the Filipino crew of MTM Rio Grande abandoned ship. Captain O'Claris said the company instructed him to switch off the ship and bring up the gangway to prevent other people from boarding the vessel. And what were your thoughts then? You are the captain? It's
1: very sad. You know, it's like uh, it's never. Uh, it's very sad to leave my old lady behind. Yeah, uh, but uh, instructions were given, so I need
0: to comply. The Filipinos boarded two minibuses driven by Ukrainian drivers and escorted by European military-trained personnel. Captain Oclaris would always inform the company about their location. Each member of the crew was given internet access so they can inform loved ones about their evacuation once they pass the bridge. Uh, we
1: were instructed to pack light, only the things that are needed. And uh, from there, my only concern was to pass the bridge because that is the that is where the mo- most of the fighting is uh, occurring now. So it took us about three hours from the port till we reached the bridge. I cannot say really what's uh, going on outside because the window were covered they don't want the people from outside seeing us uh fleeing no but uh, there are numerous che- uh, checkpoints along the way that's why once uh, every now and then we were stopped by the, in the checkpoint just to verify that there are no local ukrainians with us
0: in all those checkpoints you not um, harassed or
1: intimidated in some way. Uh, on the second checkpoint, uh, there was a police who asked for the immigration stamp because uh, it normally when you arrive at the port, the immigrations will come on board and put stamps on our documents in our seaman's book. But I told the police that uh, when the war started, the immigration did not th- did not have time to come on board and uh, they did not stamp our documents. Oh, okay. So that is the time that we had some sort of a delay and I need to speak to my local agent. Uh, my local agent was very good in uh, explaining to this police that uh, we are Filipino uh, seafarers, and uh, that we are being evacuated because of the war that is going on.
0: After 8 checkpoints and 10 hours of land travel, they were greeted by the monster traffic in Palanca. Thousands of refugees, Ukrainians, and foreigners alike. We're fleeing the war and heading towards the border of Moldova.
1: Actually, uh, the driver, the local driver told us that if we were going to wait for the car all the way to the borderline, it will take us around nine hours. Nine
0: hours?
1: Yes, because of the traffic. You know. and so we need to decide because uh, if we miss the bus in Moldova, then we need to worry again uh, what, will, uh, what transportation we will take when we reach Moldova. No? So uh, I need to decide whether to wait in the car or walk towards uh uh, Ukrainian boulder in Palanka, and uh, I have decided to walk.
0: And so the 22 Filipino crew members went down the bus. Some brought their luggages with them. Captain Oklares checked again his bag for the ship's certificates. With bottled water in tow, they began walking towards the border. The walk would have taken around 3 hours. But because of their luggages, it took them 4 hours to walk towards the border.
1: That's the worst part, I think, of our exodus. Is that
0: winter?
1: Winter, yes. What's the temperature? Negative 2.
0: Negative 2? Yes. So, Were you geared for that walk? No. Your shoes mm-hmm.
1: and all your... No. <laughs> Nobody is expect, expecting that walk. Because we were only told when we see already the line of cars in the border.
0: Uh Do you see
1: also people walking? Yes. The one that you're seeing in the news about uh, refugees walking with their babies and uh, it's true because uh, we had a first-hand experience about it, you know. Some of the local guys who are good enough, they offered some of the lo- uh, Ukrainians a lift on their car but uh, they don't offer that to us because uh, we're foreigners.
0: Upon reaching the Moldovan border, the driver of our bus contracted by their agency was waiting for them. All the crew felt relieved. Exhausted from the 4-hour winter walk, they finally got the chance to sleep until they reached Bucharest in Romania, where they stayed in a hotel that also had a bomb shelter. The following day, they boarded a minivan which took them to Hungary. After being cleared from COVID-19, all the Filipino crew of MTM Rio Grande boarded a plane that flew them back to their homeland, the Philippines. What's the main lesson that you as a captain leader of the church?
1: You need to keep your men in check because uh, don't let your men feel that you're also afraid uh, once they feel that you are afraid, then uh, the worst thing will be anarchy among us. I need to be firm with my decisions and uh, with my instructions. Sometimes they take it in a wrong way. Uh, you know, Filipinos, uh, you shout at them, they will feel heartbroken. A good thing is that I have my chief engineer with me. And my chief engineer, he is more. Uh, on the mellow side of the of the spectrum. <laughs> so sometimes uh, if I need to get things done uh, I let my chief engineer talk to the crew. Because uh it's more jolly no. Yeah, it, they it will I told my chief engineer, I give instructions direct without any uh, without any playbook as you call as you may call it. Because I don't want my instructions to be misunderstood. So it's always been a, on a direct approach. But uh, sometimes the clue wanted to be more lively or more melodramatic. But uh, that's one thing that uh, that's good. Uh, I have my chief engineer with me.
0: As for Captain Librado, he said he's proudly worked with MTM Ship Management that places the welfare of the crew above all else.
2: The core value of the company is, is one of the most important core value of this company, of MTM Ship Management, PTE Limited, is we care for our people. And this is the driving uh, the driving force for the owners of the vessel to decide to uh, extract our Filipino seafarers the ship. Did not care about the expenses. They did not care about losing money. What they care during the time is to save the lives of 22 Filipino seafarers from the war in Ukraine. I have been working with five shipping companies before. However, it is the first time that uh, I have encountered this core value of caring for its people. And it matter that they are Filipinos or because you are it Filipino doesn't matter as, well. as long as they are a, as, as long as they are safeafar of MTM ship management. of course since mm-hmm. I am a Filipino of course uh, I have to embrace that core value and I have to take care of the, for the lives of mm-hmm. our 22 Filipino citizens and I push for that I push for that we need to do it
0: we hope you enjoy this episode of the Brotherhood podcast. Please show your support by sharing this podcast. It means a lot to all of us so we can be inspired to tell good stories like this in the future. Many thanks to Business Mirror Foreign Affairs Senior Special Correspondent Maluta Losig Bartolome for the script. Many thanks too, to Business Mirror Reporter Jasper Emanuel Arcalas for the technical and sound editing. This is Dennis Estopase of the Business Mirror asking you to stay safe, stay strong, and support each other. Thank you for listening. Have a pleasant day.